Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay. Talk Recorded live. Hello. This is Michael Adams from Nothing But the Truth. It's January the 11th, 2015. I have my special guest, James Audent, and I hope I said his last name right, <laughs> and Walt Stickle. Uh, uh, James has a, a, a website, uh, James Japan. You can find it through there. Uh, Walt has Grand Design Exposed. Uh, but before we start with the conversation, I want to read the headlines from Yahoo.com. Headline number one, Pope Francis rattles U.S. conservatives. This is from Bloomberg. In the Reagan era, conservative Republicans felt that they had a powerful ally in Pope John Paul II. Makes you want to think, doesn't it? Who forcefully, her forceful anti-communism and anti-abortion stance played out in American politics. Okay, uh, we will... Scroll down here. Uh, there's a lot of different articles. At the beginning of the year, I noticed that the things slowed down a little bit as far as <clears throat> the papacy. Uh, looks like about Article 9, 10, something like that. Uh, all of Pope's men, the Daily Beast. Days after rebuffing traditionalists as having spiritual Alzheimer's, Pope Francis chose a group of Cardinals from the peripheries of the church, the peripheries, excuse me, peripheries from the church. Um, you can uh, learn more about that from dailybeast.com. That might be something interesting for you, James, in the future to look into. Um, okay. Uh, Pope calls for more market regulation, denies he is a Marxist. This is from Reuters. Uh, this is Rome, Reuters. Pope Francis has called for more regulation of financial markets and rejected the suggestion that he is his, that his criticism of unbridled capitalism smacks of Marxism. And I'll tell you one thing, they sure to talk a lot about this, this particular organization, this particular man. Uh, a few, maybe a few more articles down, it says, dispute between El Cajon priest, El Cajon priest, and Chaldean leaders in Iraq's Iraq continues. Intervention by Pope Francis has apparently not solved the schism between the prominent Chaldean priests in eastern San Diego County. This is from Los Angeles Times. And maybe I'll find one more, folks. Uh, okay. Uh, this is from Associated Press, Vatican City. Pope baptizes 33, is that number, 33 babies, and uh, Sistine Chapel. Uh, Pope Francis on Sunday baptized 33 babies. Why 33? 
I don't know why they chose. Why would you think they would choose 33? <laughs> and uh, Sistine Chapel, as part of the annual tradition, did you know that? That is an annual tradition to baptize 13 babies, or th- excuse me, 33 babies. Huh. Uh, isn't that uh, seems to be uh, suggesting a Freemasonic number? Uh, this year it's repeating an invitation to mothers to nurse their babies if crying out for hunger. hunger. And I think that's what I'm going to stop at. I think that's enough right there. So I think I proved my point. This is, um, although there is one more here. What's that? Oh, millions to welcome Pope on Asia trip. Okay. He's going to Sri Lanka. So anyways, one should question why is this particular organization always in the front, in the headlines, in Yahoo and a lot of other mainstream medias and alternative media. Why is this particular organization? And with that, my friend James, how are you doing? Well, thank you. I'm uh, very inspired to uh, add the new material to my website, uh, jamesjpn.net. And I've I've been also uh, purging out some articles, especially uh, those of the eschatological nature about end time, because uh, some of them still still reflected uh, former doctrines I held about futurism, uh, such as uh, end time uh, great tribulation. I'm, I'm I'm not saying that there will not be a future tribulation, but uh, what they what they call the great tribulation. This is this is something that I. Uh, think uh, is is promoted based on the Jesuit doctrine of futurism. Am I correct in saying that? I would say so. Um, we're talking now about the 70th, the seven weeks. And right. the twisting of scripture saying that uh, the 70th week of Daniel has not been fulfilled when it actually was, and it was our Lord and Savior who fulfilled right. it over, almost 2,000 years ago. <laughs> We right, with him as you know being anointed and uh, you know when he was baptized by John the Baptist and uh, the Holy Ghost descended upon him from that that was the beginning of the 70th week and it ended with um, the stoning of Stephen and the right. beginning the beginning of Paul's ministry so but you know stoning of Stephen uh, also by the way Walt how are you doing uh, Walt Stickle is with us as well Walt are you okay Yes. Welcome to the southern shore of Oregon. Greetings, <laughs> greetings, James Japan. So, uh, greetings, Walt. <laughs> so, so this should be a, this should be a fun so, conversation. So, Go ahead. I'm sorry. So, uh, Walt, 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 you you live uh, within walking distance of the Pacific Coast. Is is that correct? Yes. Uh, it's 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 a it's a half hour walk down to the beach. Wow, that's great. Half hour walk. I think about you every time I look across the Pacific. You know. Thank you so much. Uh, thank you for your prayers. Because right, right now you're enjoying uh, the sunshine over there. <laughs> sunshine? Well, it's, 
Yeah, it's uh, it's it, it's not so so bad now. I mean, it, it's it's always cloudy this time of the year where where I live. I I, I live uh, relatively close to the Sea of Japan, and the Sea of Japan, I I would say the weather is very similar to uh, perhaps uh, Washington State, especially around the Seattle. I I hear it's uh, very cloudy and rainy in in the winter time. Well, that's exactly. How, how it is here in the wintertime, cloudy, rainy, snowy, but it, it, it doesn't get that cold. It's uh, usually above uh, freezing in the uh, daytime. So if it snows at night, it will melt in the daytime. Hello? Yeah, we're you, listening to you. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, you know, oh, I... Oh, oh, oh. Uh, I uh, I, I do. I have read some of your articles that you know you're hitchhiking around uh, Japan, and in, in the 30 years that you've lived in Japan, you must uh, you must have seen uh, you must have uh, covered most of, the, of Japan, right? Yes, yes. There, there's only been uh, two or three areas I've never been to yet because they're really way out of the way areas. Like I, I told you before. I, I've never actually been to Nagasaki City. If if you look on, on a map, it's all the way on the west coast of the island of Kyushu. That's the main southern island, and it's it's not exactly a point going from A, A to B. I I would have to purposely go out of my way to go there, but I, I just never have had an opportunity yet. I mean, I I could make one if I really wanted to. You, you know that. Uh, yes. Well, I was. You know, you know, when you're moving around, uh, and you've been there for thirty years in Japan, and there's nothing like years. how many years? About thirty-six, almost thirty-seven years now. Okay. Okay. Yes. Thirty-seven years, and there's nothing like being someplace to get an eyewitness of what. Of, of of wherever you're out on, on the earth, but tell me when you're moving around and especially hitchhiking, you're you're meeting a, a variety of people. I mean, and, and of course they must uh, they must realize. I mean, they you know that you that you know that you don't belong in Japan. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I, I mean, are they are they? Uh, it sounds like to me they're pretty friendly to you. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, uh, the, the Japanese people ask me, um, uh, what, what what kind of people uh, pick me up? I mean, the, the people who pick me up hitchhiking ask me, what, what kind of people? And I say, only kind people, <laughs> obviously. They, they must be kind or they wouldn't pick me up in, in the first place. Uh, 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 kind, uh, good-hearted Japanese people. I, uh, you know, sometimes literally hundreds of cars will pass me by. I don't, I don't uh, say that they're they're not kind people. So sometimes it's my fault. Sometimes I'm, I'm standing in, in a place that is uh, not easy for them to uh, stop. Sometimes they're they're in in, in a hurry. I, I don't I don't judge the Japanese people for for not picking me up. So sometimes they're they're just afraid, and of course they they recognize me as being a foreigner, a Caucasian, a white person, 
and I uh, sometimes they, they ask me uh, my my nationality. Of course, I tell them I'm American. It's funny. Some some of my American friends uh, think that I have a Japanese passport. For the record, I am an American citizen, and I have an American passport. And uh, it's it's actually uh, quite hard to become a Japanese uh, citizen, and it's it's a really a really a big deal. They in, in investigate uh, not not only your your background but your relatives' background, and and so uh, a, a lot of people would be in, involved in that, but. I'm not interested to become a Japanese citizen. Uh, it's uh, the only advantage is I, I would have the, the right to, to vote and things like that. Mm. But as you, as you probably would know, I I don't uh, care much about politics. I, I don't think you do either. No, because we we know it's all we we all we know that it's it's all controlled by. Rome, the, the Vatican, Jesuit agents, and all that. Oh, yeah. You know, by the way, talking about hitchhiking, is this true that you uh, had a, a new record in hitchhiking? Last year, you actually hitchhiked 17,720 17, miles. That's yes, amazing. yes. Well, uh, since, since since I've been keeping records from August 2nd, uh, 2005. This is when I started to keep uh, records in an Excel file. So uh, every time I I hitchhike, I I'm, I'm always uh, writing down the uh, number of cars, uh, names of people, what kind of people they were, uh, uh, how far they they took me, and then when I get back home, I just add them to my Excel file. There, there's a there's a really neat. Um, uh, website in, in, in Japanese that uh, helps me calculate uh, uh, distances very easy. I, I just put my uh, starting point and my, my end point, and if I'm going to take the uh, expressway or not, and it'll calculate that uh, distance that I traveled that day. So do, do, you, so, uh, do you get harassed by, like, the... Uh, police over there. Uh, what is the, What do they call the police? Over there? Uh, what is the law? The law enforcement. What is it called over there? Yeah. Well, in Japanese, tisatsu basically is the same meaning as police, policemen, right? Tisatsu. Uh, you know, um, it's it's not common that I I would get harassed. There, there was only one time. And uh, where I, I was, uh, I, I, I hitchhiked right in, in front of uh, these uh, two police officers who were in, investigating some traffic accident. And one of them was, was a, a lady, and she told me that it's illegal to hitchhike. And I, I, I know that's not correct. It's perfectly legal to hitchhike in, in Japan. It's it, it, it's not correct, but nevertheless, you do not argue with police officers in Japan. If 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 you show any type of uh, arrogance or stubbornness or anything like but like that, they have the right to arrest you. Uh, 
and thank God I've never been arrested in Japan. Yeah. I, I was I was arrested I was arrested once in in America. I was actually <laughs> behind bars. Right. I was actually behind bars. This was in uh, Franklin Park, Illinois. I was testing out the tracks on on the street, gospel tracks. This was uh, 1978, and uh, well, I was standing on an, an island between. Uh, you know, traffic. And apparently uh, the, the the police officer warned people of my, I mean, members of my missionary fellowship not to, not to do that. So when the, he, he came the following week and he, he saw me and my two friends there, he promptly arrested us. Right. And I, I would have been sitting, I, I would have been sitting in jail See, for I would have been sitting in jail for a solid month had, had not my my friend come and posted bond money, which was at, at the time it was thirty five dollars. Then oh. I had to appear. In, yes. Then then I had to appear in court one month later. If if I, I didn't appear in court, I would have been uh, in in deeper trouble for contempt of court. So so I, I appeared in court. The judge asked me how, how I how I plea. I said not not guilty, Your Honor. But he found me guilty. <laughs> that that that, that, that I, I didn't get the thirty five dollars bond money back. <laughs> so I lost thirty five dollars. But uh, this has never happened in Japan. I've never been arrested. Uh, I've been I've been taken over to uh, um, police boxes one time. In in, in Japan, they have a, a very uh, good system of, of law enforcement. They they have not only police stations, but what they call police boxes, where they're they're usually in uh, areas like by train stations. And in the in the uh, center of town, there is only one, one or two or three officers in, inside, and they're they're very friendly places. And anytime I I need to find something in a town or city I, I've never been to, uh, I'll just walk walk to the police box and I'll ask the police officer. Well, I'll tell the police officer where where I want to go, and they're very friendly. They'll they'll tell me exactly how to get there. And I, I think it's a, it's a very good system to uh, keep down crime because the police are, are actually much closer to, to, to the area. You, you don't really see them walking the, the streets so much, but they have police boxes. And any time there's a, a crime because the police are, are close, they're, they're usually very close right on the scene or very close to the scene to apprehend the criminal perhaps uh, well there there is some crime and some really violent crime it's happened in in, in the past in japan i i would say that the japanese who who do such things are are, are definitely under control of evil spiritual entities evil spirits they're possessed such as the, the, the man who uh, ran his automobile 
through a, a, a crowd in Akihabara. This is a, a major area in Tokyo. It's a famous area in Tokyo, very, very crowded. It's, uh, uh, it, it's uh, the center of electric stores. And, and, and a man ran his car through a crowd. He, he, he hit some people, then he, he jumped out, and he took out a knife, and he started to uh, stab people. And he, he killed several people. This was really, really shocking really, really shocking. It, it happened, uh, well, it's been at least five or six years now. Mm. Anyway, uh, thankfully, uh, things like these are, are, are rare. You know, uh, the, it, it is very much against Japanese culture for a, a Japanese person to do anything to... Uh, hurt someone else or or even cause them any trouble at all any any trouble at all so I, I I don't like the, the Japanese to go out of their way for me uh, sometimes they will uh, drop me off in, in, in a place that I know is not good for me but nevertheless I will get off there anyway uh, sometimes I, I ask them if if they, they could, would, would they take me to a, a certain place which I know would be good good for me? And oftentimes they will say yes, but if if they, they don't, I don't push it. Anyway, for a Japanese to, to do anything uh, bad, like even to uh, take uh, someone else's uh, time, is is very much a anti-Japanese culture. And so I, I think this is one reason why. Uh, Crime is so low. What, what about I, gun laws? Oh, there are no uh, no guns in, in Japan for the common citizen. You know, I and so uh, you, you you could say that uh, the, uh, Japan has been uh, disarmed. Well, I don't know how long, maybe even from the time of Meiji over a over, uh, hundred years ago. See, this is why the uh, Okinawan people, they developed the uh, martial art of karate, karate, which means empty hand. It, it literally means empty hand because the, the Japanese disarmed them. And so to defend them themselves, they, they developed this martial art. But even though there are, are no guns in, in Japan, uh, crime is still relatively low. And the, the, see, this is a point of discussion between me and the Japanese. See, I, I, I believe that because of uh, history and the culture of the United States of America, that uh, it's, it's good for citizens to arm themselves. And I, I, I believe that uh, each uh, family, at least in, in their home, the, the, the man of the house should have a firearm, especially a rifle, something that, that you can't hide. And uh, if, if he knows how to, to use it, because this is the nature of the United States. The, the, the United States 
was born in war. It's a, it's a, it's a nation born from, from violence, and violent people can only understand violence. I, I, I don't think it's, it's good to carry a concealed weapon unless you uh, have a permit for it. And so I, I tell the, the Japanese that if the American government disarms the American citizen, crime will rise. It, and this has been proven to be true in Australia since the Australia since the Australian government disarmed the average Australian citizen, crime has risen in Australia. It has not decreased. It has risen. Mm-hmm. But, but, but even though uh, the average uh, Japanese person is, is not armed, uh, you know, this, this doesn't seem to be a, a major issue. Uh, if if you have money in Japan, if you have money, you you can get a, a firearm. The Japanese mafia they have firearms, but um, thankfully they they only use these firearms uh, against uh, other Japanese mafia. In, in other words, if if there's going to be a mafia shooting, it's going to be some, some other mafia person that's that's going to uh, get shot. Not the average citizen. The Japanese mafia, they they, they do not uh, attack uh, the common uh, citizen. I I think that extortion is is at an all-time low in in Japan. I I don't think the Japanese mafia extorts uh, the the average uh, shopkeeper anymore. There there is more... uh, Yes? Well, you know, a good question we could ask ourselves in this is uh, <clears throat> why why does America have so many guns? I think that's a that's a good question to ask. I mean, uh, uh, you know, the first original thirteen colonies they needed firearms to hunt to survive. Right. And uh, right. You know, and and then at the at uh, at the in seventeen seventy six. I, re- I really think this is the deciding factor why we have the right to bear arms. That was one of the things you see the Jesuits were pushing uh, and probably helped foment the American Revolution, but they didn't get their way. I mean, because there was less than 1% were Catholic, and the people that were here, they knew they they history was still fresh in their minds and um, and they that was one of the one of the t- the bill of rights is the right to bear arms and the right to bear arms is to protect yourself from a tyrannical government because in the in the, yes. the tyrannical governments have always been rome and you see yes. i was just talking to a gun owner today though i'm not a gun owner and I, I, I'm not a gun person, and I'm not against guns. But, you uh-huh. know, the truth of it is, I mean, they, they're not as scared of all the guns. But they, listen, the, the only reason that we're still free today uh, is because uh, we have a mentality, and there's, this country is armed, armed. The civilian population is armed. And uh, so, in other words, uh, if you had tyrants 
if you had uh, gangs moving around, they would meet some, they would meet some resistance. But you know, going back to that, we were born in violence. You know, you know that's a good that's an interesting question uh, on the in, on the United States. But remember, when they came over here, it wasn't it wasn't a, a picnic. When the when the Puritans came to to uh, Massachusetts and the, the original thirteen colonies, you know, the first winter was usually the toughest because a lot of times they they didn't have enough provisions to last through the winter. I mean, in other words, life was uh, completely. I mean, let's put it this way: the the only the fit lived, okay, and only the ones that worked. There was no welfare, and uh, and uh, so so it kind of policed itself. But but uh, 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 you know, but so I I really think that the reason why we have uh, arms is because of 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 history. I mean, right? You know, I, yes, I, I history. Yeah, I mean, I've kind of taken a different here this last couple of months. I've taken another. I've pushed back and and realized, uh, uh, you know, uh, though we didn't get a Christian government, we still had a Christian nation. Yes. You know, and and so yes. and so. But what happened? Not to, um, but you see, um, when you study real history, you understand that Catholicism is not Christianity. So by the time of the Civil War, by the time of the Civil War, uh, we, we, uh, Rome had already, through immigration, had become the largest denomination. And they did it through immigration. Uh, yes. See, in other words, t- t- today, the, 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 the state with the most Catholicism is Massachusetts. That, see, and that, was the, that was the yeah. Forty six percent of Massachusetts are Catholic, and yeah, right. uh, and so, so the reason uh-huh. the reason for that that's the way Rome works. They had to attack the stronghold, and that's immediately uh-huh. they they attacked. That's where that's where all the immigration, and they took over Massachusetts, and then I just. You know, I'm, I'm, I don't know if I'm going down a. Uh, what, what got what's interesting is it is interesting that Australia has lost their right to bear arms. Yes, and I believe England is the same way. And uh, uh. And, and 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 eventually, I mean, down the road, I mean that's where everything's headed. But but uh, but uh, that you know that right to bear arms is a. Uh, is uh you know is a is uh you know part of survival too when people went west you know i mean uh and you know and of course you know i mean they 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 were it was it was it was you know it was their their protection also because not everybody that went west was 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 uh was upright god fearing people you know so anyway, that's, 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 I, I don't want to. You know, I, I would like to go and address, you know, uh, James, you did an article, 12 Differences of America 
compared to Japan. Uh-huh. And I'd like this to go. Oh, okay. I like to talk, you know, since we were talking about Japan, now we're talking about all America. Let's tie it all in together here. And yes, that's a good let's, idea. Let's talk about your visit to America since it's been such a long time. <clears throat> you got a picture there of you hugging a huge palm, <clears throat> a palm tree <laughs> on the street of Los Angeles, California. And, uh, what yeah, you, what I, I you, was so. What were your insights? Right. Share us your insights here. What did you discover coming back to um, the United States? Well, it was uh, quite exciting for me to to be back. Uh, I well, uh, maybe because it was Los Angeles. I, I've been to Los Angeles before, but uh, very briefly. And this was uh, back in uh, 1971. Yeah, I think it was 1971, maybe 1972 just very, very briefly to, to pass through there. But, but now I, I had an opportunity to, to, to be there for a week. And, you know, the, the main thing that, that interests me is people, not, not sites, but, but, but people. And so I, I want to uh, go where the, where the people are. And I, I happen to be in uh, West Hollywood, and uh, there's there's a, a quite a famous place, the La Brea Tar Pits, and uh, there I, I I had a, a dog that uh, I, I was able to uh, uh, help care for, for for a week, and so I I, I walked with, with the dog. It's a very attractive dog, it, uh, part uh, German Shepherd and part Cocker Spaniel, very uh, big paws, brown paws, uh, black body, very, very friendly. And so uh, uh, walking uh, from West Hollywood, I, I passed through a famous area called uh, Farmer's Market and went to the La Brea Tartar Pits and uh, got a chance to talk to people, met this family from uh, Sweden. They, they were very friendly People in general were were friendly. This is the thing that interests me because in Japan, you you know it's 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 not often I would uh, strike up a, a conversation with, with a person on on the street. The, the Japanese are are not like that. Everyone is busy, 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 and uh, this is one reason why I love to hitchhike because. Hitchhiking is is the is the one time I can get their undivided well I can't say undivided attention because they're driving a car, but I I do have like a captive audience, and sometimes for for several hours so I I can really uh, uh, share the message of the gospel with the Japanese, but in in America people were. Uh, Friendlier, I, I I would say more more willing to talk on on the street, maybe a little uh, slower pace. And so uh, I, I I took a bus uh, with my wife Megumi, and we we went to Hollywood, and I uh, that's that's where you you see that that tree. Uh, a very interesting thing, I, I posted that that picture on, on Facebook. And a, and a person who was uh, raised in Hollywood immediately recognized that tree. 
and knew the location of it. And he said, is that Hollywood? No, not, not such a good place, he said. But uh, all, all I did, I, I just walked up and down Hollywood Boulevard. That, that's all. We, we, we didn't take any tours. We, we didn't go to any movie studios or, or anything. Just went to uh, this uh, famous theater called the uh, Chinese Theater and, and saw these um, people who, who write their, their names and put their handprints in the uh, cement. And I, I was impressed with uh, Denzel Washington. He, he wrote, God bless. I wonder if he's a Christian, Denzel Washington. Uh, <clears throat> I don't think so. From, from, my, my experience, I, I guess not. from my experience listening to him, uh, he's, uh, he's a new ager. He likes to channel. Ah. Oh, now, I might be cool. wrong. Yeah. Mean, well, let's put it this way. That there are people who claim to be Christians who do that. So, But uh, uh, obviously channeling is not something a Christian should do. So, But, you know, <clears throat> very questionable. That he right. Right. There, I don't think there are, are many uh, Christians in, in Hollywood. There, there was... Uh, one film I, I saw that was uh, made by, by real Christians, I, I can't remember the name, but uh, this actor, he, he's not uh, so famous, but it was about marriage problems with his his wife, and uh, he, he had various addictions that, uh, in, in a way, uh, their, their marriage was on the, on the, the rocks, and then... Uh, he he came to to know the the Lord Jesus Christ, and he he changed. And his his wife uh, did not uh, believe at first that he was uh, really really changed because he was so bad for for such a long time. But then he he, he did something that touched uh, her heart. Anyway, it was a very very touching film. But anyway, you're asking me about my impressions about America. Well, uh, America. The, the streets are definitely not as clean as in, in Japan. Definitely not as clean. I, I was uh, surprised. Uh, the, the shopkeepers perhaps are, are not as, as polite. Uh, service is slow. But uh, I, as you know from the, the post, I... Uh, I, I like that the food. Well, I, I took advantage to eat uh, certain types of uh, things that uh, I, I don't often eat in, in Japan, like like pizza. Right. No, I'm I'm, I'm from Chicago, and uh, Chicago pizza I, I hear now is world famous. Actually, this uh, this uh, little neighborhood I, I lived in, in Chicago, in the neighborhood there are are ten thousand people, and about uh, six or seven pizza shops, whereas in, in a, a town of uh, 50,000 people in, in Japan, you have maybe one pizza shop. Right. And, 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 and the price is uh, twice as expensive. Yep. And, and anyway, uh, and the, you, you, you read what, what I wrote about the, the toilets. I, yes, I, I, was, I was surprised. I was, I was surprised that the you know, even the flush mechanism of the toilet is still the same as when I was a kid. Uh, 
and uh, unless you uh, uh, flush it properly, that the water is going to continue to run. Well, th this is not common in Japan. The, the, the flushing mechanism is is better, I think, and and, and some are high tech. The, especially in, in public places, the toilets will will flush automatically when you leave the toilet seat. Okay. So and, and I, I got I got a I have to pay I, I, like a four hundred and fifty dollar water bill because of the toilet. <laughs> yep. So, oh, because because of a leaky toilet. Because it just four hundred fifty. It was what it has, but it's called a silent leak, and uh, I didn't catch it until it was too late. So, yeah, four hundred fifty dollar water bill. So for. For for one month, probably for oh, a that's quarter. A lot. That's for a quarter. It's here. It's a quarterly bill, every three months. Oh, oh, I see. Uh, here here they be charged by the a month, which is pretty and ironic to think uh, about it because I live you know in the Great Lakes region, and I'm real close to one of the Great Lakes, and you, so I have this huge body of fresh water. Yet I still have to pay four hundred fifty bucks for a floor. <laughs> uh, go for it. I see. <laughs> you, you know, I, I don't think that drinking water from the Great Lakes is is that all, all that good. It, it's hard water. When, when I, I went back to Chicago about uh, thirteen years ago, I, I I felt that the drinking water, the the, the tap water, was. Uh, well, it, it was not nearly as good as uh, tap water in, in Japan. Now, number one, it's hard water; lots of minerals dissolved in it. It's uh, unless you use a water softener in uh, with the tap water in, in Chicago, uh, clothes don't really get that clean. Right, that's what I hear. But uh, it, it's not like that in Japan. One of the greatest resources of Japan is water. This country is blessed with, with water, and especially on the western side of Japan, where where I live, there's there, there's one thing that I will never die of as long as I live here is dying of thirst, <laughs> because there are so many springs and, and rivers you you can hardly go anywhere by by car more than five minutes and you're going to cross a, a river somewhere many many little rivers because of uh many mountains and i i realized that the purpose of mountains why why the lord created these mountains because uh, if there were no mountains there would be no rivers because the, the rain falls on on the mountains and the, the, the rain and the snow, and it uh, creates these rivers. And I'm, I'm blessed to uh, live right in the middle of two major rivers in, in, in Japan. The longest river is called the uh, Shinano River, and, uh, and, and that uh, runs from uh, Nagano Prefecture. And uh, the second one is... Uh, Agano River, it, it runs from Fukushima Prefecture. You know, as, as I said before, uh, many Americans uh, 
every time I, I, I mention the name Fukushima, they, they think of nuclear waste. But uh, this is uh, this area of Fukushima is in, in the mountains, and I don't think it, it gets uh, any radiation at all, if any, because it's relatively far from the damaged nuclear reactor, which is on the Pacific coast. Right. And I, I live uh, I live relatively far from the, the Pacific coast. Well, it would it would take. Uh, several hours by, by car to, to go there. Maybe, well, by expressway, how long would it take? Th- three, four hours. Hmm. Right. But, but uh, I, I live uh, 30 minutes from the, uh, from the Sea of Japan, and the uh, Sea of Japan in the winter is a very uh, stormy area, but there's uh, not much danger of a big tsunami not not of the the scale as as happened in the on march eleven two thousand eleven it's it's interesting uh that this eleven i think this this is a, another occult number that the the vatican uh, likes to use you know like nine eleven and, and three eleven right and i i read that i i read that the population of of the the vatican at least it was a certain year was exactly uh, 911 people. Ever hear that before? I I've heard that it was 1,000, but I never heard 911. But I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, I, I would not. Yeah, yeah, I I saw I saw on the website maybe a Wikipedia article was at 911 people. I, I wonder if they uh, continually keep it that that exact population. But it, it certainly was that population one year. Well, it's, it's quite ironic that they baptize every year 33 babies. So. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's, that's another significant number, isn't it? 33. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, that, that's an occult number. You, you have any more questions about Japan? One thing I can tell you about is about Japan. That's that's something, and of course, uh, what I I believe that the Bible teaches. But as far as uh, end time, I, I think uh, you folks probably know more than me because you, you've known for a, a lot longer time than, than I have about the 70th week of Daniel uh, not being in the future, but already fulfilled by the Lord Jesus Christ. Fulfilled by him. Uh huh. We we were talking about Japan, right? And I hear a radio. <laughs> I hear a radio. Uh, no, it's, it's my phone. Oh, okay. So yeah. Uh, uh, well, yeah. Well, what in particular do you want to talk about? You were saying about uh, uh, end time prophecy. And, what in particular would you like to talk about, James? I kind of missed that. It, well, went, it, went, it went from uh, uh, Fukushima to America, Anthony Prophecy, 70, uh, uh, 70 Week of Daniel. What in particular would you like to talk about? Well, uh, there, there are some things in the book of Revelation. Uh, oh, oh, also, uh, Daniel chapter 11. One one specific question I had about the Daniel chapter 11 
uh, I, I heard on maybe one of the talks on uh, talk show that uh, Daniel 11 has nothing to, to do with the end time. And, and yet, it, it seems to have a, a, a description of, of Antichrist specifically that he does not regard the, the desire of women, which uh, I thought was uh, pretty significant when you uh, think of the popes and the papacy and, and, and the priesthood. Though I, I hear some, some of these popes and maybe some of these bishops, cardinals, and, and, and priests they could have all the women they, they they wanted to if they, they wanted to, but on appearance they seem to deny it. Do you, do you have any thoughts about that? About that particular scripture? Shall not be shall uh, not desire no not regard the desire of women. That's in Daniel eleven. What what verse is that? You remember? Okay, uh, I'm gonna have to look it up. Okay. Okay. Uh, I, I've I've got my tab here with me. Desire of Okay. Uh, this is Daniel eleven thirty seven. Neither shall he regard the God of his fathers, nor the desire of women nor regard any God, for he shall magnify himself above all. See, I was always taught that uh, this was specifically talking about the, the Antichrist. And actually, it, it starts from uh, verses earlier, because, uh, okay, especially from um, verse 31. Mm-hmm. An arm shall stand on his part, and they shall pollute the sanctuary of strength, and shall take away the daily sacrifice, and they shall place the abomination and make it desolate. See now, uh, this verse, is with, when you uh, combine it with uh, Daniel uh, 9:27, it seems to be talking about the, the same thing, and I could understand why uh, some people might build a, a doctrine from this. But uh, other people say that Daniel 11 is not talking about the end time at all, but something that happened in history. Do you have any thoughts about that? Well, See, I, I, you know, at first, at first I thought it was um, Antiochus Epiphanes, Epiphanes. That they were talking about, but you know, I'm starting to wonder if that's really the case. I'm starting to get the impression the more and more I study uh, Daniel 11 that uh, <clears throat> that um, that it's it, it, it might be actually Herod, and um, you know, Herod, you know, King Herod, uh, King Herod um, uh, the Great. Uh-huh. Um, uh huh. But yeah, you know, I got this right here. We could, I could read this to you if you want. We could kind of go through this a little bit. And um, okay, uh, why not? Let's do that. I want to. You know, this would be a good little study thing. This is for 
So in this way, uh, I will send this to you, to you um, and you can look at that. And if Walt wants to look at it as well, and just go through it, and we'll see what what we think out of it. You know, I I, I am not going to say that I have the answers to this. I'm not. I am still trying to figure it out. But I am certain at this point that it has nothing to do with the end times. This whole, most of Daniel, it has to do from the time of Babylonian captivity, uh, uh, basically to 70 AD. And in particular, revolving around uh, that which is the most important, um, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And uh, once you realize that Daniel's 70 week doesn't have anything to do with end times, it's, it's much more palatable for you to say, well, maybe the rest of it, or most of it doesn't really. Now, I'm not saying all of it does. There's certainly it describes the Roman Empire as being the fourth and final beast. And that is certainly part of the end times, and it talks about the little horn. But uh, let's see, we would have started like, uh, so Daniel 11.31, then the forces shall, and uh, this one unfortunately is NI, it's a, uh, a new King James version, but it's, in, but it's very much, it's very similar. So we're, you know, as far as the wording goes, it's not like the NIV or any of the other stuff. So, but anyways, okay. And the forces shall be most mustered by him and shall uh, defile the sanctuary fortress and uh, then they shall take away the daily sacrifice. Now, if you go just remember, daily sacrifice. Is there a daily sacrifice going on today? No. No. And we, no, know, no, no. we know that the third, the third temple is not, it's nowhere in the Bible to talk about a state of Israel. Nowhere in the Bible is to talk about being a third temple. So we must assume that it is sometime between the Babylonian captivity in 70 A.D. or sometime thereafter. But it is certainly not in our time, <laughs> okay? And the place of the abomination of desolation. Now, this is where, this is where a lot of folks feel the Antiochus, Antiochus the Fourth, he's talking about the army, desecrated the temple and stopped the daily sacrifice the 15th of the uh, Kisvel in December uh, 168 BCE, the Syrians built pagan, a pagan altar over the altar of the burnt offering of the temple and placed an image of Zeus Olympius upon it. Ten days after, ten days later, uh, on the 25th of uh, uh, Kislev, the swine, swine flesh was offered on the altar to Zeus. So when we look at starting with, there, there seems to be two periods of time when we're talking about uh, Daniel 11, especially the second half of Daniel 11. Uh, so I don't know how do you feel about that, but for my, 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 my comparison studies with others, it seems to be, Pretty close. Okay. Most 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 of the reformers believed. Understand. Okay, but may may I ask a question? Therefore, see, I I always thought that uh, abomination of desolation uh, referred to by by Jesus in uh, Matthew twenty four, also Mark chapter thirteen, 
we we associated this with uh, Daniel 9:27 and and not with Daniel 11:31. Is is that correct? Well, of course it is, because Daniel 9:27 uh, uh, is talking uh, about when Christ returns. When Christ returns, when Christ comes, you know, and fulfills the prophecy, you know, our Lord and Savior shows up and is anointed and administered and tries, you know, that seven-year period of this. And, but, you know, when you look at what... Now, this, the, the, the thing that you have to try to understand with Daniel is that it's not linear. It doesn't go from, you know, Daniel chapter 1 through Daniel chapter 12. It's, it's not progressive through time. Yes. You see, these are different visions. These are different visions that happen through the course of Daniel's time, and he interprets it and shares it with us. And when you get to Daniel 11, it has nothing to do with the end time, but it has to do with between the time of the, ca- the Babylonian captivity uh, uh, towards the time when the Lord and Savior shows up, you know, 2,000 years ago. But it has okay, but zero, zero to do with the end times. So when you look at the sacrifice, you know, with the abominations and the, and the, we'll go back to there. So the daily sacrifices and the the, uh, the place of the abomination of desolation. You got to remember there throughout for the Babylonian captivity to the time of Christ to seventy A.D. It happened numerous times. It just happened once. Uh-huh. See, it happened. It happened, like it says here, in, in 168 A.D. Um, when, if you look at the history of the Jews or of Israel during that time, they were constantly being taken over because they were constantly being rebelled, rebelling against God. Right. And uh, it's just, you know, endless examples and endless historical. Uh, what am I trying to say? Moments or periods of time where they had uh, had this, the temple sacked, but it, was, it was, but it was, but it was, with the renting of the veil, <clears throat> you know, in the, the midst of the week of Christ, uh, when Christ, you know, died on the cross and paid for our sins, um, that was it. Seventy A.D. was going to be it. There was not going to be any more of this building of a yeah. temple or a, a, a sacrifice because it was done with. He was the final sacrifice. There was he, he fulfilled it all. We don't need it. There's no need for an animal sacrifice. Period. Right. No. And, and 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 so therefore, this talk about the third temple of Solomon is pure speculation, isn't it? Well, uh, it's, 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 I wouldn't call it speculation. I would call it. Deception. Deception. Ah, it's deception. What they're doing is because they're counting on the fact that we as Christians will not study our Bible, will not research, will not question, and because most Christians don't even read a King James Bible. And if you if you look at all the other translations past King James, well, even the NIV, uh, I would say NIV past NIV. NFE is not as good as the King James at all, but, you know, right. it is pretty right. close. It's very close. The changes are not as severe as the NIV and the, um, and uh, et cetera. So, 
<clears throat> but you see all the newer translations. Uh, you can't eat. We were talking about this in the show we had Thursday and how they literally have just changed the words, taken out the identity of the Messiah, and it's pretty much you get to a point you just you have you're, you're at the mercy of the your pastor or the priest to t- have them tell you what it means because literally you can't really figure it out. So most people are on the the delusion or the illusion I call it delusion uh, that what's going on in the Middle East is prophetic, which is not. Nothing in the Bible right. talks about it. Nothing in the Bible, nothing talks about a third temple. Zero. Right. right. Okay, but uh, one question I have, see, I, I, can, I can see in, in a way, uh, looking at these scriptures, talking about the covenant in Daniel chapter 11, why, why people would confuse it with the covenant mentioned in Daniel 9.27, but, but these are really uh, two different things. Is that correct? This is not the, the, the one in uh, Daniel 11 is not the covenant of grace Jesus made with us, correct? Uh, Daniel 11 has nothing to do with the covenant that Jesus Christ made with us, that's correct. Right, it, right. It, it, is, see, it has to do with that time period uh, prior to it. See, see, it understand. Okay, but you know, like a verse Daniel eleven thirty two, such as do wickedly against the covenant shall he corrupt by flatteries. See, they they, they say that this this he is is that the antichrist, the antichrist coming in by flatteries. You know, in, in a way. Uh, I, and I, I, some of my, my Christian friends have, have said that this is exactly what uh, uh, Pope Francis is doing. He's uh, flattering all, all these people. He, he seems to be have a, not such a hard attitude toward uh, uh, homosexuals and even atheists. I think he even said that atheists can, can go to heaven if they're good people. I mean, talk about flattery. Wouldn't you say that uh, this could uh, apply to the Antichrist? I mean, uh, this is the way uh, I've understood it until until now. I mean, if if you say that Daniel 11 has nothing to do uh, about the end time, well, you know, I I have... You have to go. You have to study the history. I've come to learn this the hard way. You have to study the history along with the Bible, or it can be literally. You can do what you're saying, and you can say, "Well, why that, that could apply to today?" And you know, in truth, what you're saying, yeah, you could say, "Well, you know, that's what's going on with the Pope," but you know. You have to understand the context of Daniel, and Daniel was concerned with his people, the Jews. He was concerned with you. didn't care about you or me or Walt or anybody else in this day and age. He wasn't interested in us. We have to accept that. That doesn't mean we can't benefit. We can't benefit from his truth, from the prophetic truths. And the most important thing is, you know, the truth of who the Messiah is and what happened 2,000 years ago. But, you know, the danger of this whole thing, and this is what I see over and over again, because you and I are so ignorant in history, it becomes uh, so easy for these scriptures to be manipulated 
and then you know people can conjure up anything they want. Well, okay, I, I, I understand. Uh, first, for, first of all, I, I want to say I, I do not mean to be this. Uh, to, I, I hope it does not sound like a debate. I am not debating. I'm, 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 I'm listening. I'm, I'm taking in. But I, I just want to uh, share some, some some things that I've uh, heard in, in the past that uh, you know. I, I just wonder if they're valid points or not. Like uh, one other point was my pastor used to teach that uh, prophecies can have multiple fulfillments. It, it could have an intermediate fulfillment. It, it could have uh, one perhaps in the future. Would you consider this a valid point? You know, I used to, but I'm coming to the point now where I realize that that's no. Now, now listen, you could. Fulfillment in the prophecy, a prophecy usually is about a specific matter. Yes. That doesn't mean that we cannot look at this and say, well, we're seeing it today in our own lives, and sure, we can apply it, but it's not a fulfillment of a prophecy. Uh, so in other words, we could say, you know, what, what, you know, with this verse, you know, those, I don't want to use the NIV, so I'll use the, the King James here, but we'll go over it again. Um, this is 30, 11, 32, and, and such as do wickedly against the covenant, do wickedly against the covenant, shall he corrupt by flattery, but the people that do know their Lord shall be strong and, and, and do exploits. Yes, yes. Now, this, this, now, yes. Okay, well, okay, what's your covenant today, James? What's the covenant today? Well, the, the, the only covenant that, that, that I know of is the, the covenant of the New Testament of, of grace that Jesus made with us. But they are, they are saying Jesus, that... Jesus, Jesus is the new covenant. So right. anything to do with anything, you know, uh, about... Because, you know, I remember the, the, the chapter, the verse before was about a temple... A physical, you know, a building that is all done away with. You are the temple. I am the temple. Walt is the temple. There's no temple anymore. Oh, okay. So now we go so, back to that. Now that we understand that it's talking about the Jewish temple in Jerusalem, and is not talking about us. Anything, you know, to do with the temple in our day and age, a physical temple made out of stone. Understand, it has nothing to do with biblical truth. Nothing. So we go back to this, and this is a commentary, back to 32, and it says, After venting his anger upon the Jews and desecrating the temple, and, and, and Antiochus, I never can say his name, Antiochus, excuse me, Antiochus IV, decreed that his entire kingdom should become one people even giving up his own customs. And uh, the other pe other peoples under his rule accepted um, Antiochus IV's command. Because of his flattering approach, many of the people of Israel also forsook the law, the law of God, the Ten Commandments, right, and adopted uh. his religion. Uh. Antiochus IV commanded a change 
in all the ordinances of God. No sacrifices were to be offered in the sanctuary. The Sabbaths and the feast to be profaned, and that the Jews uh, were not to circumcise their sons upon the pain of death, and they were, were commanded to profane the true religion so that eventually the law would be forgotten. Antiochus IV uh, appointed inspectors to watch the Jews and commanded the city of Judea to offer pagan sacrifices. Yet many of many in Israel stood firm and rejected the innovation of the king of the north. So the thing is, because you and I are ignorant of history, Walt is telling us this. If anybody's telling us the importance of history, that you know, when we read Daniel, we have to also be willing to go back as far back in history's time to understand who he was, what was the historical context in his life. Now, you can say that we see all these things today, and certainly we do, but we have to always remember that a physical building, a temple, has no relevance in our time. None. Understand? None. So once you put that in your mind and you accept that, then it changes the perspective completely. And Jesus wants us to do that because he's our salvation. You know, he, you know, we no longer have to do the animal sacrifices now, do we? He was the final sacrifice. And then, so when you're reading this, remember what you're reading about. Remember, put it in context. Try to as best you can, you know, and... You know, we were hearing we were hearing about animal sacrifices in these verses in this in this in this uh, this chapter. You know, you're gonna uh, you're gonna say to yourself, well, uh, you know, this really doesn't have anything to do with my day and age. <laughs> Understand? Okay, but uh, but I, I I can I can see why people who do not know history. Would would associate uh, verses in, in Daniel nine with uh, Daniel eleven, especially from uh, verses uh, well thirty six to uh, thirty nine. I was always taught that this was about a final antichrist, and of course, I was always taught that uh, the antichrist is going to be uh, someone in in the end time. The, the last uh, seven years, and I, I even know a, a man who, who who claims to have read the King James Bible cover to cover over 100 times. And uh, I, I used to have his articles on my my, my website, and I'm I'm not sure that even he got the, the Antichrist uh, right. Well, because, let, me, uh, let me let me read and let me read uh, the the verse, and then I'll read the commentary, and then. Let's let's take this through and see how, how close the, the commentary might be to reason and, and, and logic. So, uh, uh, verse thirty-six is the king shall according to his will, and he shall exalt himself. Now we're talking about a king now. Yes. Okay, a king back then. <clears throat> Not too many kings today, is there? <clears throat> And, and the king shall do according to his will, and he shall exalt himself and magnify himself above every god. 
and shall speak marvelous things against the God of gods. Now, you know, so he's talking about our Heavenly Father here, right? Yes. And shall prosper till the indignation be accomplished, for that that is determined shall be done. So we know if we look at uh, 36 there, I'm going to read this commentary. You gentlemen have it, and you can go along with me and read, you know, follow it. In this in this verse, the king brings upon us brings excuse me. In this verse, the king, being spoken of of changes, starting from verse 21, Antiochus the fourth Epiphanes was the reference king. Verse 32 through 35 prophecy prophesies his defeat by the Maccabees and encompassed the subsequent fall of their dynasty. But the context shows that the remaining verses in this chapter cannot apply to Antiochus IV. Most Christian scholars try to insert a huge chronological gap in the prophecy here, making the rest of it apply not to the antitype, uh, Antiochus IV, but to the anticline. Yes, I, I can't hear you. You're picking up really bad, Michael. As figures. Um, well, do you want to read it? I can hear you. Do you know where I'm at? Do you have that piece of paper in front of you? Is it the article? Well, it's figures. Can you hear me? Oh, I I hear you now. You're sounding better now, Michael. Okay. Okay. Well, that figures. The sound went went south there for a little while. Really. Well, that's probably when I start talking, it goes south, doesn't it? But anyways, uh, yeah, if you look at that, if you look at the article and you scroll down to the verse. Uh, yes, I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm, scrolling down, I'm scrolling down now. Okay. So this is the most, most Christian scholars try to insert a huge chronological gap in the prophecy here, making the rest of it apply not... To the antitype Anti- Antiochus the Fourth, but to end time type the Antichrist, but staying in time sequence context earlier alluded to by uh, Gabriel Daniel eleven one, what should we expect to see next in this prophecy? Was there a king who ruled Israel after the end? of the Hasmodian Median era. What appears to have caused scholars to stray away from the correct understanding at this point of the prophecy is that they were unable to find a successor to Antiochus IV who matched the description of the king. But two points must be kept in mind in order to properly understand this prophecy. The subject is the uh, uh, Seleucid, or I hate these names, 
Ptolemaic dynasty, and, and that's uh, P-T-O-L-E-M-A-C-I dynasty only. As these kingdoms affected Daniel's people, therefore the expression the king, without any other description, could certainly mean one who was king over Israel. Secondly, the immediately preceding verse in Daniel 11, 32-35 refers to the Jews and their situation during and after uh, the Maccabean Revolt. Based on the history of this period, uh, we should look for the fulfillment of this verse by a king other than uh, Antiochus IV <clears throat> or the uh, Hesmonian rulers. Both secular history and the New Testament record of Acts of a king who appeared on the scene in Israel at the end of the Hesmonian period. As we shall see, this king fulfilled every prophetic description given in verse 36 to 39. That king was Herod the Great. Mm. Now I know, I know, but this is somebody starting to argue history along with it. King, uh, so King uh, Herod the Great. In verse 36, one spoken of is not identified as either the king of the north or the king of the south, but simply as the king. Herod was seated as the as king on the throne of Israel when Messiah Yeshua or Meshua Yeshua was born. <clears throat> he is called the king in the gospel. And we read this in a, in a Bible study Saturday and in Matthew 2, 1 and 3, 9, it talks about this. And in Luke 1, 5, he, like Antiochus uh, IV before him, was an antitype of the coming Antichrist as his actions revealed. Let's look at specific points in prophecy and see how and see how Herod fulfilled them. So we can go on and read more and more. But I'm <clears throat> starting to get the impression <clears throat> strongly after reading not just this one, but you know at least two dozen other different uh, biblical interpretations by using history that Daniel. 11 has nothing to do with end times, but has nothing to do with the time leading up to the Messiah coming. And, and when he comes, too, you know, we're talking about Herod. And Herod actually fits perfect with this whole scenario. So, And I know it's a hard pill to swallow because it's something you never heard before and people have said everything other, but we have, yes. to, we have to accept one thing that there's, there is a historical context and that this was written, this prophecy was written, uh, what, uh, 2,500 years ago plus, and that, you know, Daniel really wasn't that concerned about you and I. He was a Jew. He was interested in his own people, in his own circumstances. Right, right. Okay, okay. just, just my, my, my one question, one point is, is that clear? The, the, the covenant... 
in Daniel chapter 11 is exactly what? What what is the what is the covenant? Is it talking about the covenant that uh, uh, God made with uh, Abraham, Isaac, and, and Jacob? Well, yeah. Well, prior to the the Messiah coming, the the, the covenant was the Abrahamic covenant, right? Ah. Uh, when Christ showed up, there was a new covenant. He's a new covenant. Ah, uh, I see. I see. The greater covenant. So now that makes a whole lot of sense. That that really makes a whole lot of sense uh, to understand the covenant that way, and and not some some type of a future peace treaty that Antichrist is going to make with the Jews. This is what I was taught, sure. and I <laughs> something that that I believed for forty years, forty plus years, maybe forty one, forty two years. I, I don't know. The the other group of Christians I, I used to fellowship with called the Navigators. Uh, they they were not into Bible prophecy. They they were more into uh, just uh, living a Christian life and uh, sharing Christ. And uh, uh, their their main vision was uh, to 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 know Christ and to make Him known. You know, if I had stuck with with those guys, my my life would be really different now. I, I would well. I, I wouldn't know anything about Bible prophecy, maybe. But uh, do you understand? The, I, I, do, you, do you understand the importance of this? Do you, do you understand the importance of Bible prophecy? Oh, it's not because oh, our, absolutely. It's not about predicting the future, but preventing us from being conned. You see, uh, the con that's out there, the manipulation, the deception that most of the Christians are under with this whole that Daniel's 70th week has to be fulfilled, this whole thing about an antichrist in the Middle East, about a seven-year period of tribulation, up in the midst of this, the seven-year period that the, the, you know, the sacrifices would cease and all this stuff. See, once you understand prophecy, you truly can accept what the Bible is saying. Now the whole world, the world looks different, doesn't it? And everything that you're seeing over there in the Absolute. Middle East is total garbage. Absolutely. Well, you know, you know, Michael and Walt. I have a very, very good friend. His name is John Gideon Hartnett. Uh, This is this is a a man who is uh, making some waves in uh, the academic world because uh, he's a top respected scientist. He's a PhD university. Professor of uh, Australia in uh, no of a of a university in in Australia. He's a creation scientist. He he, he believes in a literal six day uh, creation, and uh, he even uh, he he's made some uh, wonderful tracks translated in, in Japanese. I've been uh, getting them out uh, everywhere. He 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 also. Uh, uh, understands that the uh, uh, 70th week of Daniel was fulfilled by our, our Lord Jesus Christ. He, he sent me he sent me a really interesting document by by Isaac Newton. Isaac, Isaac Newton uh, also taught that. When, when, when I told my, my wife that uh, Isaac Newton believed that the 70th week of Daniel was fulfilled by by Jesus Christ, uh, she was very very impressed because. She she didn't even know that uh, Isaac Newton was a, a Bible scholar, 
and a, a serious uh, uh, student of the prophecies of Daniel and Revelation. And anyway, he, you know, my my friend John Gideon Hartman, he he believes uh, in everything we believe except he's still deceived about this point about Israel and and the uh, Jews. So I, uh, I I just wonder how how he got off on that because. Uh, well, you know, that's, that's a good question. Past- that's a good question. And we'll probably yeah. ask a question too. But you know, the big question is, because this is what you're leading to, I believe. The question is, how did all of, how did the majority of us get deceived? Who's behind it? Why are they doing this? Why are they deceiving right. us? You know, really, right. we, need to, we need to ask these questions. Cause then, question. Go ahead, Walt. Well, my question is, uh, uh, James, uh, I'm up on your site, um, the, the, the page that you posted, what early Protestants had to say about the 70th week of Daniel. And, um, and it, it scroll down yeah. there, you, you, have listed, you have listed Martin Luther, John Calvin, Isaac Newton, Geneva Bible Notes, and, and Matthew, Matthew Henry. Now tell me, did, you know, what, what did all those old people, did they, did they, did they, did, what, what did they state about the 70th week of Daniel? They, they, they all, all said that Christ fulfilled the 70th week of Daniel. Uh, basically, you know, if, if, you, if you read very, very carefully, you know, uh, uh, some of it is sort of hard to understand, especially just the, the way they wrote, especially Isaac Newton. But, but when you uh, read their, their commentaries, they, they all agree that the 70th week of Daniel was fulfilled by by Jesus Christ, and, and this is why I, I posted uh, that on, on the, the site because I'm, I'm trying to uh, prove to my friends that uh, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not uh, coming up with anything new. I'm, I'm certainly uh, not a, a great uh, prophet or Bible teacher or, or anything. I'm just uh, standing on. I'm just presenting history and and what the early Protestants had to to say. And see, this was be, this was before they were influenced by the Jesuit teaching that started in the 1580 about futurism, because they they weren't uh, tainted with this uh, these uh, false doctrines. See, I I I brought this truth up. Uh, to a, a forum on, on Facebook, uh, some some of these people I, I know personally. They're, they're all members of uh, uh, Christian Fellowship. I've been fellowshipping with for the past uh, uh, forty years, and uh, they all ganged up on me. <laughs> yeah, some yeah. of them were some of them were were more open, uh, and so I, I said. Uh, you know, I, I've, I've, I still, I've, I've given you uh, plenty of information. If you, you have to be willing to do the research, uh, uh, study the history of the Protestant Reformation, what the, the early Protestant leaders had had to, to say, and study the history of the Jesuits. If you right. don't, so, some of some of my statements are going to appear absolutely ridiculous. See, 
one of one of my friends, and he's a very even-handed uh, person. I, I I believe that he's really really open to the truth. His name is uh, Philip J. Walton. I think he's he, he's British, and he he comes out with the statement that uh, 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 Christians now have a better perspective of or a better perspective of. Uh, things than uh, uh, Christians in, in the, the past did. And I said, I beg to differ. He said that uh, Christians over the past 150 years have been brainwashed by this Jesuit doctrine of futurism. And uh, there are two points in this Jesuit doctrine, thankfully, my pastor did not accept did not accept. He, he, he did not teach a pre-tribulation rapture, and he, he, he taught us that Israel is, the, the Jews living there, so-called Jews, are not God's people, that we should not support Israel, that, uh, that the American fundamentalists have been deceived by this, this doctrine that was uh, pushed by major evangelists such as uh, Billy Graham, for example, I, I used to give this guy money. Or if, if, if I could get back every penny I gave to Billy Graham and, and his friends, maybe I wouldn't have the financial problems I have. Maybe, maybe, maybe I could bring back my, my wife faster from, yeah. from uh, America. I don't know, but... Well, well, you know, well, uh, uh, yes. Well, you know, you, you've made some great points, and the points you're making have been going through my head. Uh, you see, in other words, that's exactly what's happened every single Bible college and every seminary. All these ministers and all these Bible students that have come out of here, come out of these these, these institutions, have been polluted with the 69th week, and not only that. There's not a Bible college or a seminary that teach what the reformers taught, and you know, you know, actually, what they've done with the 69th week, they've denied Christ. They have denied the gospel by, by, by. Because in other words, Christ fulfilled that perfectly. He came right on time, and fulfill the 70th week, dotted the T's and, you know, dotted, dotted the I's and crossed the T's, and, and it, was a done, it was done. But, you know, the New Testament, the New Testament is, the whole New Testament is proof that the 70th week has been fulfilled. You know, and... and uh, that's, that's so interesting, yes. Yes, and, and what I, I think I I, it, I think the same question comes to, to myself, you know, when I realize that every single that the whole world is teaching is is is, is has turned their backs on on, on what the, the light of the Reformation, but give us the light, and uh, it's, uh, it's 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 big because in other words they they've denied Christ, this new. This, and what they're teaching in these Bible colleges and seminaries is a different Christ. It, yes, right. It, it, it boils down anyway, right to that. I mean, 
I mean, the 70th week has been fulfilled. I mean, they're denying the cross. They're, they're, they're denying the sacrifice. That Christ, I mean, they're denying, they're denying it. So then that raises the question, who's their Christ? Which, who are their, who is their Christ? Is it the same Christ of, that's in the Bible? No, it is. I, I don't think they, they purposely. I don't oh. think they purposely to deny it, though. They're they're just confused. But to to, to say that the Antichrist uh, did it when it was really Jesus Christ who, who did it, that's a really big miss. Yeah, that's a big miss. Yeah. Can may 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 I continue what what I was saying? Before to to my friend uh, Philip J. Walton. So see, uh, uh, sure. Philip Walton, uh, uh, unlike uh, uh, many Christians now, he he knows that pre-tribulation rapture is false, and he knows that uh, uh, Christians should should not support the state of, of Israel. He he knows that uh, that's false, and and so I'm and I'm I'm absolutely sure that. Uh, this this has has is linked to the 70th week of, of, of Daniel, uh, and so I said uh, these are two doctrines that are also promoted by Jesuits. Would would, would you say that the that the, the majority of Christians today who who hold these doctrines to be truth for for them to have a better perspective than the the leaders of the Protestant Reformation had the leaders of the Protestant Reformation did not hold the, these doctrines. No, and they so, didn't. Uh, no, right. absolutely so, not. So, I mean, it, this is all part. But, what they're under, they're under the spell of the Counter Reformation. And if you know, right. if, you know, that's, Michael, that's, if you can repeat what you just said about what it's about. All this deception and this prophecy is the reason why. It's, is so so important to understand the prophecies and that that most of them have been fulfilled and and understand that the that the reformers un, understood understood this is to deceive us well that's what it's all about it's, I mean, it's, it's all it's, it's, it's in other words if, if you fall for the 69th week i mean they, they can take you down many many rabbit trails See, studying prophecy is not just to go and prove or predict the future. See, that's the mistake that we, the majority of Christians have had. They think that somehow it's up there to predict the future. No, it's to prevent us from being deceived. See, by understanding, yeah, that's what, by that, understanding yes. this, Daniel, studying Daniel, putting the historical context in it, it's necessary. Now, when you see anybody's predicting the future, you know, and they say it's based on prophecy, and they start quoting scripture to you, you can say, well, listen, this guy is twisting the scripture, and he's doing something that he's not supposed to do, and that is predict the future. Uh-huh. You know, that's called divination. What does the Lord, what does God say? Uh-huh. About? We're not supposed to do that. Nope. You're right? He said no, that specifically. <laughs> We're not supposed to be predicting the future. So then when we see these folks that are trying to predict the future for us, we can then say, well, you know, well, they might have good intent, 
they might be deceived, but uh, I have no business listening to them. I have no business believing anything they have to say because uh, because uh, I've been forewarned by God Himself about this. Yes. Oh, okay, but you know, this 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 begs one one more question because there are are some things in the Book of Revelation is obviously about the future, like for example, the heavenly city coming down from from heaven, and it talks about the actual dimensions of the city. It, it says it's four square, and that the, the height. Is as high as uh, as the width or, or the uh, length. This is not fulfilled prophecy, correct? Well, yeah, that's just for sure. Yeah, all we have to do is ask if that if that's happened. Well, when does it happen? It happens after Christ's second coming. Yeah. Yeah. It happens absolutely. After oh, okay. So, so you so you and I have nothing to you know. We can learn about it. We can speculate all we want. But the truth of the matter is, it's not even going to happen until after a second coming. Yes, has all the prophecy in in the revelations been fulfilled? No. The revelation for you know the, the Christ's revelation to John was for for us for our time from the time of John first re- received it to to the end of time for the next two thousand plus years. And so, yeah, and most of that, by the way, has been fulfilled in Revelation, but all of it, no. But uh, okay, so 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 some is, is future. So can can I, I correctly say, and and this is on my my website, I've got articles on this, that uh, after the, after the second coming, after the Battle of, of Armageddon, which is yet in the in the future, correct? Armageddon way, 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 way into the future. Like, like, it will like never happen. Way, like, it will never happen in our, our in, a, in, a, in man's mortal lifetime. You don't think so? I'm, 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 I'm hoping that it would. I, I, I want, I, I want Jesus to. Because I, I want Jesus to, to come back and put a stop to to the nonsense. He is going to to, to all all the evil, to all the evil in, in this world. I mean, all the suffering in this world. He is going with, to with, with at, his, at his second coming. He is right. Okay. Now, am, am I am I correct to say after the, the the second coming? And okay, this is the the battle of Armageddon, the second coming. And and then it says, we shall rule and reign with him for a thousand years. This is, the Seventh-day Adventists have, have told me this has already been fulfilled. Jesus came back in 1844, and we are in the millennium. And, of course, I, I wouldn't accept that. I, I well, can't accept any 70, that. 70, 70 Adventists told you that, they don't know their own not even their own doctrine and dogma, so that's not that's not what they teach. <clears throat> so that's you know uh, in the eighteen eighty four. Right, and not only that, but Armageddon. If you really look at it, it happens after a thousand years after. I know this is going to be a hard one to swallow. And this does come into what a lot of Seventh-day Adventists teach. 
I'm not a Seventh-day Adventist, Adventist, and I would not recommend anybody join the church. But if you look at it, from right. my understanding, from what I see it, saying, it's saying that this battle, this big final battle, will happen a thousand years after the resurrection. And then the city, there, there, and it's the city that you're talking about, God's, you know, God's city, is going to come down and there will be a rain for a thousand years. I mean, that's what the Bible says now. Yeah, but there, there, there seems to be two, two different uh, periods of time here where it's, it says after the thousand years, uh, Satan uh, shall, shall be, be loosed. And, and then he's going to lead the world into a revolt. So I'm just telling you what, what, what I was taught. That, that not necessarily this is right or not, but I was taught that after a thousand years, Satan is going to be loose. He's going to lead the world again in a rebellion, even though they have been uh, personally uh, uh, led and ruled over by Jesus Christ and his officials meeting us, the uh, Christians, ruling and reigning with him for a thousand years. And, and then there's going to be another rebellion, and then uh, God is going to rain fire down from, from heaven and destroy all, all, the, all the rebels. And then Satan is finally going to be thrown into the lake of fire. This is what I was taught. Sure. Would, would, would that... So, so is this this is future, right? Well, that is yes. This, no, no, that, now, saying that future. is the future, that is not the same thing as futurism. Understand? Uh, understand. Okay. Oh, okay, understand. So, in other yes, words, understand. this whole thing, futurism, revolves around the the abuse of Daniel's seventieth week. Ah, you yes. see, oh, that, uh, that's very clear to me now. Fair, yes, as, that's, that's you very know, clear. As far as the Armageddon goes, uh, the final battle, if you will, well, you know, the Bible says what it says. I mean, take it for what it you know, take it for what it says. You know, this is what this Bible says that there will be this after a thousand years, uh, Satan will be unleashed once again, and there'll be a final battle. Yeah, and he will finally yeah. be dealt with, but he'll spend a thousand years in this planet, this desolate wasteland, I guess, to be reminded that he will never be God and all the things that he's created, what he created, his creation, which is a destroyed world. And uh, a, a whole bunch of damned and lost, like, you know, of lost souls, you know. I mean, in his, you know, the third of the heaven, his third of the angels, you know. But, you know, that is, like I said, the Armageddon, this final battle that they're trying to all create, that goes along with this Third World War and this whole nonsense. You know, <clears throat> this is part of this, once again, is part of the, 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 the Jesuit deception, the Counter Reformation, the Counter Reformation uh, deception. That people think that, you know, what's going on in the Middle East and there'll be the hordes from the north, you know, the, the Russians and all they're going to come and all this. You know, it all ties in with the, the Middle East and this whole phony, you know, the nation, this nation state of Israel. And that, um, you know, once you realize that everything going on in the Middle East is 
is not biblical, then you have to question the scenario that they've been telling us about the Armageddon. We have to. Right. Yeah. And, and then you yeah. finally realize you finally realize that, you know that's not part of it either. You know, this it's not biblical what they're saying about the Armageddon, this final battle. They'll say all they want and they can't prove it though. Though they all they can do is give you a verse and then make this whole bell story around it, but they won't read the whole chapter through that the Armageddon is in in Revelations. They won't address all the the details that are in the Bible about it. So, I mean, okay, uh, but, okay. I I need to read the commentary on that on the Battle of Armageddon. My my, my brother asked me if 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 I believe that. You know, he was raised a Roman Catholic like like I am, but uh, like sure. I was, but uh, but uh, un, un, unlike me, he 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 came to the uh, conclusion on his own that the, the Roman Catholic Church was uh, hypocritical and, and evil. I I was more trusting. I, I was a follower. It, it took the, the Word of God to enlighten me that uh, I, I didn't need the. Uh, Roman Catholic Church, but he left. I can't say he's a, an atheist, but uh, he he just doesn't like organized religion in general. But can't blame it, him. It, can't blame him. Right. <laughs> really can't. Right. Right. Yeah. You know, absolutely. You know, I'm I'm gonna I I want you to to look up that that chapter right now in about the Battle of Armageddon, isn't it in uh, Revelation chapter 19? Yeah, I, uh, I think sixteen, and uh, he gathered them together into a place called, in the Hebrew tongue, Armageddon. Oh, in, in Revelation uh, sixteen. All right, sixteen, sixteen. I I see, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's where it's talking about. I I see, I see. The city was divided into three parts. Great Babylon came in. Okay, but. Isn't this like now, uh, now another people? A lot of people say this too, and they might be right. By the way, that Armageddon is actually the apostate world waging, you know, deciding that they're going to try to wage battle with Christ Himself. But um, I mean, if we look at it, you know, there it is. I mean, it's behold, uh, I come as a thief, and blessed is he that watches and keepeth his garments. As he walked naked, and and they see his shame. Um, and he gathered them together in one place, and a Hebrew tongue called Armageddon. And the seventh angel poured out his vial into the air, and there came uh, a great voice out of the temple of heaven from the throne, saying, It is done. And there were voices and thunders and lightning, and there was a great earthquake, such as not since men were, were upon the earth, so mighty an earthquake, and so great. And the great city was divided into three parts, and the city of the nations of, of you know of, of, of the nations fell, and the great Babylon came into remembrance before God, and to give unto her the cup of the wine of the the fierceness of her, his wrath, and every iron fled away, and the mountains were not found, and there fell upon 
men a great hail from hail out of heaven, and every stone about the weight of a talent, and the men blasphemed God because the plague of the hail and the plague thereof was exceedingly great. So, is it something that's, you know, a thousand years after, or is it when Christ comes and, um, you know, men get all gathered together at a place and wage war on them? I'd be honest with you, I don't have a, a sound answer. But I do know from, if you look at the Bible, if you look at the teachings that uh, a guy like uh, Walter Veith has, you know, it, it's what they suggest is sounds reasonable. You know what I mean? So what 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 sounds reasonable? That that it's uh, it's just before Jesus returns. Uh, that it will happen actually after. Okay. Now this this is opposite of what I was taught. I I always was I always thought that it, it happens before Jesus returned because it, it seems to me that uh, verse. Uh, 19, it's talking about the great Babylon. Isn't that the the same thing as uh, chapter 18 about the the fall of Babylon? Babylon is fallen, fallen. You know, I and uh, I I I thought that uh, this was actually a a verse in in Daniel 2.44 in in detail. You know, where it talks about in Daniel chapter 2, the a great stone cut without hands it falls upon the 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 feet of the statue of the dream that Nebuchadnezzar had and the statue gets is destroyed it becomes dust and the stone becomes this uh, great mountain that it fills the earth and we always interpret that to be the kingdom of God ruling the the earth. Right. Anyway, so so this is uh how I always interpret it. But you know, I, I have a question. Why why would you say that uh, this is not gonna happen in, in our, our lifetime? I'm 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 sort of hoping that this guy, uh, Francis, he, he's saying some of the most outlandish things and he's certainly showing his power uh Working out, for example, this uh, uh, normalizing of uh, relations with the uh, USA and, and Cuba, and we, we know that Francis had something to 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 do with that. He he's showing that he has uh, more more power than uh, president of the, the United States. In other words, uh, well, I'm personally I'm, I'm kind of hoping that. He's the, the final Antichrist because he, he he's an old man and he he's not gonna live for for more than uh, well if, if he lives ten ten more years he's probably doing good you know and if, if he does it, it would certainly uh, come in uh, my lifetime I'm not uh, well I hope it's in my lifetime <clears throat> well I, I, I'm I'm only saying that. From my study so far, and I will put you know caveat that I might be wrong, but uh, for my studying of Revelation, that the Armageddon 
will not happen in our mortal lifetime. It will be I see. a thousand years well, because, after uh, the coming I, of Christ. Now, I see. saying what you're saying and talking about Pope Francis and how wicked the world is getting and how it's ramping up for uh, something really, really horrendous, uh, will Christ come tomorrow? I don't know. Will he come ten years from now? I don't know. Neither do you. Could he come? Excuse me. Excuse me. Could he come in two thousand fifty-five? It could be. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. You know, uh, no man know the day or the hour, right? And um, right. we can look certainly look at the signs, and we can look at you know things like uh, how Rome is literally taking over the world. That's a very good sign. Has Rome, has Rome fulfilled that? I don't know. Getting dark close, you're right. Um, will it happen tomorrow? I don't know. I don't have my. I don't like to put my bets on it, though. I'm not putting my money on it that it's going to happen tomorrow, but I could be wrong. Um, you know, that's the thing, ultimately. It, it, what we're <clears throat> being taught here is, is that we put our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ said he's going to come back, and when he comes back, he comes back. And it will be a time when people don't don't expect him to, right? Interesting. Yes, right. I, I understand that uh, they, they never... Now, you know, uh, he, 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 he make You know, he, uh, when, when he comes back, I, I believe that uh, a great many of my friends are going to be surprised because things that they think are going to happen prior to the the Lord's return either they they will not happen or like for example the the rebuilding of a third temple of Solomon if the third temple if the temple of Solomon is is rebuilt we we know that uh, this is not in time prophecy it's in time deception to to deceive people, and uh, well, uh, when when I told um, one of my my friends that the, the Great Tribulation was already passed, she she was relieved. But then I said it, it doesn't mean that uh, there won't be a future tribulation. You know, so some people are, are saying that. Uh, well, here's. The tribulation has always been, and what the difference is, is that it's just going to keep ramping up and getting worse and worse and worse and worse until the Lord comes. It's not right. to do about seven years. It's, you know, it could be another, you know, another fifty years, and just get worse, 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 or another hundred years. I don't know, but it's just not going. To, it's not going to be a very pleasant place by the time Christ comes. You know, it's not. You know, some 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 Christians. Uh, teach a seven-year tribulation. My, my pastor used to teach a three-and-a-half-year tribulation, and he, he's, he used to teach that the, the time is so specific that, that we, we would be able to, to calculate the exact day that uh, Jesus Christ returns, exactly 1,206 years after the beginning of the tribulation. But but now I, I see this is all part of uh, the Jesuit doctrine of futurism, and that it's, it's not going to happen like that, is it? I mean, uh, <clears throat> well, it's, it's not going to happen the way that they've been pushing and trying to 
convinced this is going to happen. You know, there's no, there is no seven-year period period in the Bible about a seven year, end time seven-year tribulation. There's nowhere in the Bible that talks about it. So. Right. Well, yeah. You know, uh, some some people say seven-year tribulation. Other others say uh, three and a half year of tribulation because he he breaks the, the so-called re- religious covenant of religious freedom in in the midst of, of the week. And then they, they they say that from that time the Great Tribulation is, is going to start. Uh, yeah, that's still that's still uh, messing with Daniel's seventieth week. Right, which, I, which I, I said understand. It's, it's still it's still messing with that. So I mean, yes, there is no midst of the seventh week at all. Period in the end times, none. Right. Yes. Now this this is this is very clear to me now, and this is a, a message that. I'm going to uh, share with my, my friends, and, and some of them are open to it. One, one brother, uh, I asked him to, to read my article on, on, the, on the site about the 78th week and, and what I learned, and he said it's it's platable so far. Platable, 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 edible. In other words, I'm, I'm not I'm not saying things that are are too hard for him to accept. But uh, uh, one of my friends said that uh, she she shared it with uh, her, her friend, who is a, a preacher, and he received it with open arms. He rejoiced. He uh, he 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 saw that the seventieth week, this this uh, teaching that the Antichrist is going to. Fulfill the 70th week in, in the, the the future as false, and so anyway, he had a, a major uh, shift in his uh, uh, theology or understanding of eschatology right. about prophecy, as as I have, just last month. Yeah. So you know, it was it, going back to your yes. question about Armageddon and all that. <clears throat> Okay, I, I can confess to you that I'm not 100% sure if that is when Christ's second coming happens or if that's a thousand years after. I know that there's a war a thousand years after with Satan. It says this in the Bible. Right. And that's where 19, I believe, is what it's, it's talking about, but I could be wrong. But, the, you know, as far as Armageddon, is this the gathering of all the nations to go to war and saying we think they can go to war with Christ? Uh, could be. <laughs> could be. I mean, you you could see that they're. You could see them gearing up for something. You know, a lot of folks believe that they are. You know, the men, the kings of this world. You know, the the papacy, the rulers of this world, and Satan himself wants to wage war with God. He wants to. You know, when he comes, they, they think that they can actually do something about it. Uh, will it happen? I don't know. I, that's something I cannot say. I have a better, to be honest with you, I have a better understanding of Daniel's than I do of uh, a lot of these, uh, some of the stuff in, in this Revelations. Now, Dave Nikeo would be the one to really start talking to about Revelations. Is this yeah, man? He's very now, he's, he's spent a lot of time studying Revelations. I wish he would come on. And, and have this discussion with us because he would say, "Oh, I would love to talk." 
I would, I would love to talk to him. I would love to talk to him. Also, uh, you know, talking about Dave, maybe um, you could get him to just, we wouldn't have to have a broadcast. Maybe, some, you know, sometimes maybe they don't want to be recorded or whatever, you know, but maybe, is he on Skype? Oh yeah, I have. I have. I don't know. He's on Skype. He's not on Skype, but yeah, I could. You know, I could. I could call him in by his cell phone. One of these days, I'll ask him if he was willing to do it. I, I know he does not want to do a show. He does not feel comfortable about it. But um, it would be nice. It sure would be nice to uh, uh, listen. You know, have him. I, I, you know, I think if you, you know, I can, you know, it's a lot different. You know, that you. Just having a conversation with somebody. I mean, they're more apt to uh, be more comfortable, you know. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. it takes it takes a lot of guts to do a show like this and put your foot in your mouth and then have to re- repent. And I'm okay with that, but a lot of folks aren't. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, uh, and, uh, you know, I'm not trying to find followers. I'm trying to find the truth. So. Yeah. Well, you just you know, Michael, when you first asked me to uh, do a show. You know, this is something that I was not comfortable to to do either. But because you're such a friendly guy, and you said it's just conversation, you know, because I I don't consider myself sometimes a very articulate speaker. I I had problems when I was young. I used to stutter a lot, stutter, stammer, and so I sometimes I tend to be rather slow and halting, and I'm very self-conscious. Of my, my voice. That's why I've never made a YouTube video. Wow. But but you made it very easy for me to to be on the show. Thank you. Well, thank you. <laughs> thank you for being on it. So. Okay. Well, I'm I'm, I'm glad you uh, think that I've got something of, of value to to share, and uh, I I'm really uh, thankful to, to to know people who uh, valued my my website. And so I, I tell my, my friends I'm not standing alone. I, I, I have uh, you and all friends, and uh, Dave Michael is my, my friend. Actually, it was probably his article about the 70th week of uh, Daniel that, that opened my eyes. But I would not have come to know him except for, for, for you and, and Walt. Uh, because uh, I, I think you you introduced uh, his uh, his website to me. It's a really really uh, informative website. Oh, yeah. you know, he, 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 he's, he's a good teacher, and of course I like uh, Walt's website too. There's all the, the links to resources on it. I, I've been on that site several times, even before I. Uh, came to know you, mm-hmm. and so I'm 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 sure I I got material from uh, Walt's site from, from before, like especially some of those books that well, uh, I, I read. Well, I'm the same way, James. Uh, sometimes you know <laughs> we're just not the majority, and so a lot of times if I, I mean I got your I've got your uh, website uh, bookmarked and. I'm always checking to see if you put something up, something new, and I see you've been busy the last couple of days. Yeah. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm going to read some of the, some of what you posted. You know, 
yeah, if, if, if it, anything that you think is amiss or something or, or a typo, so sometimes I, I even get words wrong, especially things I, I personally write. But I, I, I do to help me proofread my own work. I, I've got a, a, a text-to-voice to program that I'll, uh, I'll, I'll have uh, it read my uh, web article back to me audibly. Okay. In, in audio, and, and uh, this this helps me uh, catch typos or, or wrong words. And well, I, I'm, I'm the same way. I I don't. I got you know I I've, I've got some typos. I'm always you know, you know that's one of the hardest things to do is to edit this. Now, James, have you uh, like heard that the Armageddon has already happened? No, 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 no. Uh, that that for for sure I I've heard if did has has someone ever said that no I if did did I hear that from Seventh Avenue no no Armageddon I I was never yeah. the, under the impression uh, that, uh, that, uh, that uh, has happened a lot of you know uh, and if you now if you look if you were to read Revelations chronologically. And then if you look at, you know, like 17 and 18, for chapter 17 and 18, um, that they are either in the midst of it or to be fulfilled real soon, some people argue that Armageddon already happened and that it happened, was it uh, during the uh, the war, I guess, against the Ottoman Empire, is that it was? You remember, Walt? Um, that uh, there was a great battle, um, and I guess some kind of connections. It might have some kind of connection with 1917. I just wonder if you hear about that too. <clears throat> it has something to do with the, uh, the the First World War. That's a possibility. That's a, oh. that is a that is, I mean, see, when it comes, I, I'm not so dogmatic about stuff like that until I know for certain. That I know what I'm talking about. I'm willing to accept the fact that I don't know what I'm talking about. Uh, as far as the Armageddon thing and some of the things in Revelations, but when it comes to Daniel and how, and it becomes so evidently clear that Daniel is has nothing to do with the end times, uh, outside of the fact that they're revealing who the the little horn and that you know the Roman Empire would be the last empire. That we'd be under, but uh, it really doesn't say much more than that for us. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I I always thought that, uh, especially Daniel chapter twelve was about the end. It, it says uh, Daniel twelve three. Uh, uh, let's see what I'm, I'm going to look it up. Daniel, let's see. Okay, I look at my Bible here. I say, uh, okay, Daniel 12. Okay. See, this this verse, and, and many of, this is verse 2, many of them that sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life, some to shame, everlasting contempt. I, I always thought that that was about the resurrection. Right. <laughs> And, and and they that shall be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament, and they that turn many to righteousness as the stars forever and ever. I I always I was taught 
that this is talking about our our life in heaven with the with the with the Lord. And it, it does talk about in the book of Revelation that uh, that the faithful are going to receive a crown of righteousness. Right. And, and, shine, and now, well, most people who who have uh, studied this and study twelve uh, in a historical sense will say that it it has something to do with um, uh, things like the seventy A.D. and um, and that, you know, when we look at, you know, 24, Matthew 24, and it's talking about similar language, like uh, uh, the first verse in chapter 12, and at that time shall Michael stand, the great prince which standeth for the children of thy people, thy people. Now you remember Daniel's talking about his people, my people, and there shall be a time of trouble, such as uh, never was since, uh, never, never since there was a nation, uh, even t- uh, to that same time, and at that that time, thy people shall be delivered. Every one that shall be found written in the book of life, and many of them that sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake some to everlasting life, and some to shame and everlasting contempt. And they that be wise shall shine at the brightness of the firmament, and they that turn many to righteousness as the stars forever and ever. But thou, thou, O Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book, even to the time of the end many shall run to and for, acknowledge knowledge shall increase. Then Daniel looked, and behold, and there stood two, and one on, the, on this side of the bank of the river, and the other on the other side of the river, and said unto the men clothed in linen, which was upon the water of the river, How long shall it be to the end of these wonders? And I heard the man clothed in linen, where it was, on the waters of the river, and when he held his right hand and his left hand upon the, unto heaven, and swore by him that liveth forever that it shall be for a time, time, and times. Then shall have accomplished the, scat, the, the scatter of power of the holy people, and these things uh, shall be finished. So we look at that time, times, and half the times. A lot of people feel that started in 66, the middle of 66 uh, A.D., uh, and then led to the 70 A.D. destruction of Jerusalem. Uh-huh. And that, you know, that, you know, I guess that, like, first two really is not really talking about the second resurrection at all. Uh, uh, but it's... It's talking about uh, many folks feel it's, it's actually uh, something like a spiritual death, if you will. You know what I mean? A spiritual uh, awakening, and many of them that sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, and some for everlasting life, and some to shame and everlasting contempt. And you know, 
instead of taking it literally as about the, the second uh, resurrection, or excuse me, the first resurrection, right? Like where Christ comes, the second coming. That is literally talking about those people that during this time, leading up to the 70 AD, there will be those who will be saved, who will recognize who the Messiah is and listen to and heed His word and and flee. <laughs> there will be many of those that will be damned for all eternity. So um, I'll leave that one up to you. But I I do feel strongly that most of Chapter 12 is literally talking about that. It's really talking about what leading up to 70 AD. I feel strongly in this words. Yeah, well, it, it certainly makes makes sense to hear it explained that way. Yes, especially first first one that talked about thy, thy people, which were the Jews, of course. <laughs> yeah, it was Daniel's, Daniel's people. He's talking to Daniel. And uh, he's not talking to he's not talking to Jesus people. He's talking to Daniel's people, my people. Right. And that's something that uh, I mean, you and I are part of that. We're grafted into it because we accept the Messiah. But it's not what he's talking about. So it's, not, it's a hard pill to swallow. I know it's a hard pill to swallow for most, and it's something I've really bashed around a lot. And I have. I spent many an hour now. Many a day bashing over uh, Daniel 11, trying to convince myself that any of it is about our time. And outside of it, explaining the uh, the final empire, that being the Roman Empire, lasting until the you know Christ's coming, and the little horn, if you will, the papacy. I can't see anything. Now, it's interesting that you say that because, you know, that what is the papacy? We always say that it's Mystery Babylon. Yes. So, really, what we're witnessing as far as the hierarchy, the papacy, is nothing more than the same old religion. It comes straight back to Babylon. Right. And we make That's a right. mistake that when we're looking at it, that somehow, in any way, form, that there's something Christian about it. Right. All the deceivers. Right. Keep us deceived. Keep the world deceived. Right. Right. Well, we know that's that's why the uh, Protestants uh, do not look at the, the Pope as the Antichrist anymore because they've been deceived by. Well, I I hear the the uh, brainwashing. Uh, Finally, uh, took root in Protestant churches sometime in in the 19th century. I'm not sure when. Either beginning, middle, later 19th century. I know uh, Charles Spurgeon, who, who's called the Prince of Preachers, he certainly looked at the, the, the Pope as the Antichrist. I, I have a I, I have well, a quote on my website on that because he is. <laughs> Yeah, the he pap- is. The papacy is the antichrist. It's overwhelming. Right, right. The evidence is just—it's a mountain of evidence. Okay, it's right. See, Charles Spurgeon lived in, in the uh, 19th century, so uh, sometime uh, up until the 19th century, the, the Protestants, at least uh, a lot of Protestant leaders, they 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 believe that, but 
in, from the 20th century, uh, there are very, very few. The, the only really famous guy that I, I, I know of who, who, who called uh, the, the Pope Antichrist was uh, Ian Paisley, who was also a Protestant minister. And he, he, you know, he he passed away. I think sometime last year went on to his reward. But he he has a, a really good uh, a website too. Uh, something about the uh, uh, Protestant Reformation, uh, uh, Reformation dot dot org or something like that. Uh, stop, lady. Stop. My my dog is attacking me. <laughs> she 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 she's playing. She's, sometimes she bites. House. House. Well, gentlemen, I think we could stay on if you want, but I'm going to end the recording now. Um, and uh, um, first of all, thank you for spending some time with us and having this, this joyful conversation. Stay on. We'll still keep on talking, but I'm just going to end the recording. And, well, thank you for staying on as well and joining us. I think it's been a great addition when you're with us. Uh, and for anybody who hears this in the future, for the next couple of days, we'll be having a show uh, Wednesday, Conversation with Juggler 66, and we'll be going over the characteristics of the Antichrist. And if you listen to that, you will come to the realization there is a, literally a mountain of evidence of who the Antichrist is. And then Thursday, there will be uh, Tom Fress, and we'll be talking about uh, the, the counterfeit... Bibles and how they've been used to confuse us and to see folks and to not knowing and understanding Daniel's 70th week. And with that, I'm going to end it, gentlemen. Thank you both. And just stay on. We'll keep on talking, okay? All right. Okay. Thank you. Okay, uh, I, I probably need to, to, to go soon because my, my wife is going to uh, want to have a, a Skype talk with me in about uh, 40 minutes from now. Just, just, just one thing I wanted to uh, add was, if uh, if the famous people like Billy Graham had identified that the Pope as Antichrist, that the American churches would be totally different today. And the problem is that Billy Graham was was working for the Antichrist. So I know that was such a shock to. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.